Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Ruth. King. Ruth is a serial entrepreneur who has owned and operated eight businesses over the past 25 years. Her first business, which she started in 1981, is Business Ventures Corporation, and I say is present tense because that one is still operating today. And then in 1982, Ruth started a branch of the Small Business Development Center in Decatur, Georgia, and she also founded the Women's Entrepreneurial Center, where she taught a year-long course for women who wanted to establish their own business. Businesses. More recently, Ruth was the instructor for the Inner City Entrepreneur Program in conjunction with the SBA, and she's written numerous books and manuals for small business owners, including her most recent, the Amazon number one best-selling book, The Courage to Be Profitable. Currently, Ruth is also operating a company called Profitability Revolution Paradigm, and that's an Internet broadcasting network, and its programming is geared towards helping small businesses excel in their financial area, operations, and management. So in short, Ruth coaches and she speaks, and she helps small business owners reach their goal. That's pretty much bottom line with her. And so today, she's here to talk with us about two of her books, The Ugly Truth About Small Business and The Courage to Be Profitable. Welcome to the the show today, Ruth. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope I can help your listeners. Oh, I'm sure you can. So let's start with your book called The Ugly Truth About Small Business. So many times when people hear about small business or you're a business owner, uh, they think that's really glamorous and they think that's just really cool, basically. And we all know who are small business owners ourselves that it's not glamorous and that's an ugly truth, but um, we often just keep smiling, faking it till we make it. There's that old adage that, you know, when the sharks smell blood, they start circling, and so you don't let people know that you're having challenges, and that can be a huge mistake. Um, Talk with us a little bit about why it's good to confront those ugly truths and sometimes share what's going on with others. Well, I think most entrepreneurs think that they're alone. And we're yeah. not alone. There are so many of us, you know, we've all gone through it, and there's people out there who are willing to help you if you'd only ask. Sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want anybody to know how bad everything is. But unless you know, let somebody know how bad something is, somebody can't help you. Um, and, and the thing is that you want to trust other small business owners. Your friends who are not business owners don't get it. Your parents or your relatives who are not small business owners won't get it. You need to find other small business owners who've been through what you're going through. And most of us are absolutely willing to help because we've been through it. We know know what's gone on and we're there to lend an ear, if nothing else, and and help with some creative ideas that, you know, at least, you know, you might try some things that might work or you might think, oh, my goodness, you know, that really would work very, very well. And you're just so close to the issue that you don't see it where somebody on the outside can. That's an absolutely great point. You're just so much in the weeds and you're so consumed by it that it's really difficult to take during those times that 30,000-foot high view of your business and and really be able to look down and see what the solution is. So reaching out to others is huge uh, to get their perspective and to learn from their 
challenges and overcoming them. Talk to us a little bit about um, the embarrassment factor. A lot of times business owners say, you know, I should have reached out sooner, but I was just too embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I was I was doing an interview with somebody who, who was a serial entrepreneur who had one business fail so badly, but she watched it fail. She said, I was like the band on the Titanic playing while everybody else was jumping ship because I believe, wouldn't believe something was wrong until finally she had no cash flow. Finally, she had um, no, pay, you know, no money to pay her bills. And you know, her accountant had been warning her for a couple of years that things were going bad, and she just didn't believe it because she had cash. And once, right. you know, cash is a you – know, I know I'm getting into the second book rather than the first, so I apologize. But if you, if you have cash, that is sometimes so disastrous because – you think you're okay and you're not. You don't, and you don't have enough cash, and you haven't predicted cash flow, and you don't know it's profitable cash. So, cash sometimes right. can be a killer for you in terms of okay, everything's okay when it's actually not. Yeah, that is, that's just so true. And then, uh, so so there's the embarrassment factor. And then, um, what are some of the the other things that you have seen from small businesses that you've worked with? types of things that they've overcome because you mentioned isolation earlier and and so often we think that we are the only ones that are going through this particular incident or this particular kind of challenge and what are some of the ones that you have seen uh can you know frequently with small business owners and that really are somewhat I won't want to say easy but they 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 can recover from them if only they reached out what what are some of the ones you've seen that have demonstrated that a lot of it re- results in growth and management. So you, the people who get you to a certain point are probably not the people who are going to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, a lot of people think that they can't, they, don't, they can't fire somebody or put them in another position and they're harming the business. And I, I can tell you stories of, you know, oh, my gosh, we finally fired this person. Thank you very much. And <laughs> the fear of firing somebody who really needs to go Mm-hmm. Um, I call it a career readjustment program. <laughs> it's my euphemism for firing. But if they're not right for your business, they're probably not really happy either anymore. And you may have loyalty to them because they're a friend or they were a friend or something along those lines. Or they got you to where you where you are and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't let this person go because you, you feel a loyalty to them. But guess what? They're an employee. They haven't put their name on the dotted line. They haven't signed their life away for bank loans. You're the only ones who've done that. And it's your business. If you wanted to survive to the next level, this person probably has to go. So I think management issues are, are one other big thing. And, and the other thing is, is not understanding financial statements because mm-hmm. until a vendor – I mean, I had a, a client of mine who grew his business from zero to $2 million on cash, basically. He had money in his pocket, he, and he could take his discounts. Everything was great. But he didn't have profitable growth. He grew the company to $2 million and was great, got to $2 million, revenue stalled, and he started having problems paying his bills, which was absolutely insane to him. And so he called me on the phone, and for 12 years, long story short, he was losing a nickel for every dollar that came in the door. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so he, I mean, he, you can be a $2 million company, and this happens because you're not paying right. attention to what profits are. Yeah, and and that's true. A lot of times people don't um, realize that 
their most vulnerable times aren't to start up. And now that's a very vulnerable time too, but it's when the real growth starts occurring because of the cost of doing business at that point becomes so great oftentimes. So uh, great points on both cases. And just in addition to what you said about people and, and sometimes making the mistake of promoting people who are doing a good job or started with you and they're really not um, the person you should have in that management position as you start hiring managers, but you do it anyway. I had somebody tell me once uh, that, you know what, if you don't fire that person, you're going to end up having to fire everybody because they're costing you so much in all these different ways, not just the financial um, cost of their salary, but in all these other ways, that it's going to ruin your business. And then instead of having to tell one person they're fired or losing the job, you'll have to tell your whole staff that they are because you didn't make that one good decision, you know. Right. So so it's uh, very important there. What are some of the ways that we can deal with the tough times. I know your book goes through quite a few, but if you could give us some pointers today, that would be helpful. Well, let me tell you my story. And then I lost a $1.6 million contract, 800000 of investment riding on that and a partner the same day and oh, still my. started my sixth business. So if I can survive that, you can survive that. Anybody can survive that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and in all reality, you know, when that phone call came, I went out behind the office and sat on the curb and cried my eyes out. And the little voice in the back of my head was my dad saying to me, pick yourself off, dust yourself off, and keep going. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment in time where it says, okay, this is really lousy, but let's figure out what we can do. And I took the last $25,000 on my credit cards and had my husband and his partner at that point, and we started it anyway. Wow. And it, we started in 2002 with 13 viewers, and we're now, you know, yeah. Many, many, many years ago later doing very, very well. Yes, you absolutely are. And so, so there's you know, it's the perseverance and it is uh, opening yourself up to live or to listen to that little voice in your head or your that feeling in your gut or whatever you want to call it. But so you persevered. What are what are some of the ways that you can get through these tough times though that you know, specifically. Once you've decided to get up off of the curb and quit crying, what are some of the <laughs> things that you can <laughs> believe me, we've all been there. Uh, where where oh, are yeah. you what what do you do next? What are some of the steps that you start taking uh to plow through? You start making a list. All right. Okay. This is what's going on now. This is where I want to go and, and what do I need to do to get there? And it sounds like a mini business plan, but in all reality it is. Write everything down. Write where you want to go. Write where it is. And then start brainstorming on who can help you. And I found very quickly that you cannot be emotional and rational at the same time. If you're emotional like I was when I was crying, you can't think rationally. So Mm -hmm. as quickly as you can get over the emotion and get into a rational state of mind, and then you can figure out who can help you, how can they help you, and start making phone calls or you know sending emails to people who could potentially help. The other thing that really helps is to have a hobby. Do some exercise. Um, you know, I run, and I get great ideas when I'm running. It's my head clearer, and I don't know what else you want to call it, but start getting physical, even if you haven't been in the past, because you'll get great ideas. You know, even if it's pulling weeds. I have one of my <laughs> clients who, who, when she has a bad day, she goes, and she has a phenomenal garden, and she'll go and pull weeds and go, that's so-and-so, and that's so-and-so, and she's pulling the weeds, <laughs> naming the weeds, but it gets you over it. Right, right. And that's what you got to do as quickly as you possibly can. Get rid of emotion, get into rational, make a list, and do something outside the box and you know, leave the office or whatever else it is and go find some creativity in your head. It will come. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And, and often in the where to smoke when you're pulling those weeds or when you're in the shower, and uh, some people say that's because you've gotten your head into a different place that opens your it opens yourself up to the possibilities that in in a different frame of mind, it's too clouded to see them. So, so yeah, do do something that diverts your attention from the business, and then that's when the answers come a lot of the time. Um, I like the fact that when you said make a list, and the second thing that you suggested putting on that list was who can help. The focus on the who and not necessarily the what. And mm-hmm. so it, it's really a reliance on other people and being able to tap into their resources. Absolutely. And if you think you don't, I mean, you all have business acquaintances. I mean, you're selling to people, and try not to go to your friends because unless they're in business. If your friends are in business, that's a different story. But most people who are not in business don't have a clue what we go through. Mm-hmm. They're there, you know, they can say, ah, poor baby. But as a general rule, they don't have the idea. You need to find somebody who you've met at a networking meeting or you've met at a, a seminar or a trade show or you're doing business with or something along those lines that you feel that, might be able to help you. Your accountant might be able to help you. Your banker might be able to help you. And by the way, if it's cash flow, never, ever keep a banker in the dark. Ever. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, you also are a fan of journaling. Tell us what uh-huh. role that plays. Well, I find when you're having a really lousy day and you write it all down, <laughs> it doesn't come out that bad. You look at it and go, that's not that bad. And then, you know, and you write the really good stuff down, and, and, that, and when you're having a bad day, you, you're reminded of all the good stuff that's happened. And it's a free flow of ideas and things that you can be doing. And, you know, I write all the time. I just do. I mean, it's just something that I've been ingrained in for a really long time. And it, and it really helps to go, you know, over the journals, you know, for a year or so, and you want to think about, okay, you know, I hate New Year's resolutions, but anyway, it's the end of 2016, and we're going about hitting 2017. So everybody's okay. What are we going to do next year? If your fiscal year ends in 2000, you know, in December, you have to do this. But it's really cool to go back over a year's worth of notes and stuff like that, and and come up with ideas and and people that you've met and and things along those lines. And sometimes, you know, if your memory is really good, you can say, okay, I met that person on such and such a place, or you know, it was November of last year, and. I'll go back into November's notes, and sure enough, there's a person's name and phone number, and I re- reconnect, and mm-hmm. and you just do it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then finally, uh, for the ugly truth about small business, some of your tips there, uh, you you just say you make the tough decisions. You, you're not going to get your way out of a challenge by being namby pamby about things. Absolutely not, and, and that's what we get paid for as as owners is to make the tough decisions. But always remember, it's your money on the line. You're signing your life away. It's your reputation. And everybody else is not as invested in it as you are. So you have the buck stops with you. Yes. We're talking here today with Ruth King. She is a business coach, a speaker, a writer. We're talking about two of her books, best-selling books. One is The Ugly Truth About Small Business, and the second is The Courage to Be Profitable. Now, you talk about the courage to be profitable. Why do you use the word courage there? Well, it goes back to my comment before because you have to make the courage to have the, to make the really good decisions mm-hmm. and, and really tough decisions. Um, one, I'll, I'll give you the story of one people. We started the book with two stories, one who was able to make the decision and one who wasn't. And I'll give you the one who wasn't because he grew his business from 750000 to over $15 million dollars and the economy hit, and he watched the business go down and down and down, and he wouldn't fire people. 
Mm-hmm. And his comment was, well, I didn't want to let everybody go. And, and it goes to your comment of, you know, then he had to let the whole company go. Yeah. Because he didn't have the courage to be profitable and make the tough decisions and do it. So, I mean, profitability is, is really looking at revenue being higher than expenses for a long period of time. It has nothing to do with cash. Um, but if you don't have profitable sales, you won't have cash. You've talked so, about a th- you talk about a three-step process in the courage to be profitable. Briefly, what is that three-step process? N- number one is to understand financial statements. And financials were, were developed in the 1300s by the Venetian monks. So they didn't have abacus. They didn't have abacus because the Chinese did, but they didn't have slide rules. They didn't have calculators. They didn't have QuickBooks. So they had to make it easy. It's just like learning a new language or you know learning a hobby or something like that. Spend a half an hour a month learning it. It doesn't hurt. So learn your financials. Second step is review them. And the third step is to make the decisions based on what your financial statements are saying. Okay. One of the things that I hear over and over again from uh, non-financial managers, non-financial business owners, is that Abacus or QuickBooks, take your pick, it's still difficult to read financial statements. I may be able to manipulate the software so that I get numbers that are right, but actually reading those financials so that I can tell if something's about to go wrong with my business, if there's warning flags or if there's opportunities, I I just can't see through the numbers to arrive at those types of uh, things. So what is is your advice for – you've got a two-minute drill, basically, for learning how to read your financial statements and what they're saying to you. Can you go through that? Sure. Um, two minutes, actually read the book because it's written in English. The Courage of Possible is written in English. It's not written in the counting ease. And it will teach you what a P&L and the balance sheet is. It will give you everything you need to know to be able to, to look at a profit and loss statement and know that the bottom line profit is not how much cash you have in the bank. It is simply you had more revenue than expense or you had more expense than revenue. Then you got to figure out why. Um, all it is is a subtraction. The balance sheet's a little bit more difficult to, to really understand because you really have to analyze the balance sheet to understand it. But basically, if you have negative cash on your balance sheet, if you have negative payroll taxes, if you have negative loan payments, your financial statements are screwed up. And you need somebody, um, go take a course at a community college. It's, it may kill you, but <laughs> you'll really understand enough to question. I don't expect small business owners to be able to do debits and credits. I need them to understand what a financial statement is and how to analyze it so that they can make the decisions and go back to the bookkeeper and say, that doesn't look right. Give me the backup for that. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's all I really want them to do. Okay. And so when you say, um, the, one of the things that you have in your book is a discussion about gross margins that aren't consistent. How can that be? Okay. Um, essentially what happens is you have a lazy bookkeeper. You put revenues in one month, you put expenses in another month, and then you have a situation if you take revenues minus expenses equals profit. One month where all the revenues are and no expenses, you have this phenomenal profit, you're feeling really, really good. The next month you have very little revenue and all the expenses and you're feeling really, really rotten because you have a negative (laughs) month. Neither month is right. (laughs) Right. Okay, so some some of those should have been in the previous month. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you always match revenues and expenses. So if you have a revenue, what is the expense against that revenue? Both of them go in the same month's financial statement, and then you're okay. 
Okay, so because you can manipulate financials, uh, or a bookkeeper can manipulate financials to uh, tell you whatever you want, really, but at some point that ugly truth is going to emerge. The expenses are going to have to be booked at some point or uh, whatever it is that's causing the mirage. So, uh, Absolutely. Have to like you said, you don't have to know everything as a business owner when it comes to financials, but there are some key things that you need to know so that you can talk to your bookkeeper or your accountant uh, and and question things. You have to have that basic understanding. Right. Um, you, you, go ahead. You don't have you don't have to have the responsibility for the day to day doing it, but you can't abdicate the authority for the overview of the financial statements every month. You can delegate the, re- the responsibility for doing them away. But you've got to get those financial statements, and you've got to read, look at them every single month. Take you a half hour a month, do it, and you'll make great business decisions. Let's go back and talk about something that you have brought up in various ways um, to this morning, and that is the relationship between growth and cash. That can be so misleading. You can have business owners on both ends of the spectrum, those who want to grow, but they are so um, – averse to risk in terms of taking out a loan or getting investment dollars that they will and continue to try to bootstrap and that they will never grow. They are stifling it because of that that uh, risk factor that they're not willing to embrace. And on the other hand, you have business owners who, yeah, they'll go out, they'll get the loan, they'll take the investments and, and all of a sudden they're flush with cash and start spending it and to, you know, they burn right through it and, and then it, they don't have the cash that they thought they did. So, so talk to us a little bit more about the balance that's necessary so that at a great time when you're poised for growth, it doesn't end up being the time that your business is actually um, in its death throes. Right. All right, here's a really good rule of thumb. If you want to grow your business by $100,000 next year, you need $10,000 in cash to be able to make that happen. So where are you going to get the 10000 essentially? It's a really good rule of thumb. It doesn't work in all industries, but it's, for a lot of them it does. So if you want to grow by you know, X percent, you need 10% of that X percent in cash to be able to fund the growth, i.e. Mm-hmm. the addition in receivables, the additional maybe inventory, if you've got inventory, another person you might have to hire or something mm-hmm. like that. So, you you know, plan your growth. So if you, you know, say, okay, 2017 is coming along, here's what I want to grow by, here's the amount of cash that I need to do it, and we do it. The, the, the worst thing that happens to small business owners is they get flush with cash. That's mm-hmm. you're right, they'll go out and spend it. The key is to do a weekly cash flow report and actually look at how much cash is coming in versus going out every week and track it and, and, you know, graph it and so that you can see what the trends are. If you've got more cash going out than coming in, you know, warning signs should be going off in your head, even if your bank account is flush. Mm-hmm. You always have to watch the amount of cash going out versus the amount of cash coming in. And, and that's a really good rule of thumb. You mentioned a cash flow worksheet, which brings me to uh, a great way to bring this to a close. You have several tools out on your website that you can download that business owners Correct. can use. Can you talk about what they'll find out there? Yes. If you go to www.thecouragetobeprofitable.com and click on the book and click on download, all of the tracking sheets that you need to track are there. The weekly cash flow report is there. Um, everything that's big we've got there, we've got a way to calculate overhead in there. There's about five different spreadsheets that you can just download and use. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah take they're great tools. tools. Yeah. And your books are out there. Um, you can get the uh, the book through your book, uh, excuse me, through your book site, through your website. Uh, and that, again, is uh, thecouragetobeprofitable.com. Correct. And, 
and then you can also go out to Amazon to get any of your books, right? Absolutely. Either way. Okay. Any parting thoughts you want to leave our listeners with, Ruth? I would I would I would I would beg implore whichever way you want to look at it, them to really and truly spend the time if you don't understand financial statements, it's not hard, do it. It will save your business and you'll probably not have to deal with a lot of the ugly truths that we've all dealt with if you know financial. And she has a bunch of tools out there on her website, The Courage to Be Profitable. They're excellent. Uh, Download those spreadsheets and you'll be well on your way. Thank you so much for being here today, Ruth, and sharing your insights and tips from your book. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. And if you'd like to learn how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.